Blog Talk Radio. Radio. You know that feeling of being on the precipice of something really big, invigorating, exciting, when you're fully engaged and alive in the moment? We all experience that at times, but what if you could experience it more often? 
What if it could be a real part of your daily life? Wouldn't that be amazing? We'll be talking about how you can experience those powerful moments of aliveness each and every day in just a few minutes. This is T. Love, your host here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice, located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audio books and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer, free of charge, and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. My guest is Kara Bradley, a passionate teacher of yoga, meditation, and fitness, who's been in the trenches of personal transformation as a mental strength coach for over three decades at her Verge Yoga Center, Retreats, corporate training sessions, and with teams such as Villanova University football and Penn State men's basketball. She's also the author of On the Verge, Wake Up, Show Up, and Shine, which is our topic for discussion. Welcome to the show, Kara. Thank you for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I am fantastic. So great to be here. Thank you for having me, T. No, you're quite welcome. You know, I have to tell you, so I'm reading your book. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. I had to laugh almost all the way through it because I took it with me to get a pedicure. And I hadn't had a pedicure in so long. And there I am thinking, I am so not in the moment of the pedicure. I'm reading the book. <laughs> I want to enjoy this pedicure, but I must read this book. And it was it was laughable, but it was also sad. <laughs> but at least I was well, I aware, hope, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I hope you at least stop reading to enjoy the massage. <laughs> I did. I did. You know, and they give you two when they do the scrub and then they do the massage part. And I thought, oh, okay, I really need to stop for this. And I closed the book and I just closed my eyes and I did take that in. And, you know, we talk about awareness a lot here. That's what the whole show is about and being aware and being in the moment. And your book is certainly fits the genre of the show. And it is such a, a, a wonderfully uh, constructed book because of the way that you tell stories, but then you get into the actual practices and strategies, what people need to do or could do to help themselves. But tell us first, how did you come to write this book? Oh boy. Well, you know, being a, an Italian from New York, I, I like to start with that sometimes when I'm talking to people from, from my side of the world, you know, I, was just a curious seeker. I wanted to feel and taste and touch everything in my life. I had an experience, though, when I was 19 where I was a college track runner and I had a, a tremendous race. It was my last college race. And something happened during that race where I was able to tap into a state a place where I access this strength and this clarity and this stillness that I'd never felt before. And I've been a competitive athlete my whole life. And so from that day forward, I started to look at what happened. What did I do to make that happen? And how do I do it again on purpose in every area of my life? And that is really what brought me to write the book because it has been a 30 year journey of 
bungee jumping and walking on coals and chakra clearing and, and you name it. I mean, I've done it to find that ordinary state of clarity and strength that I experienced on the track that day when I was 19. Yeah, when I read that story, I had to laugh because you said you were more thinking about why couldn't I have done this sooner <laughs> instead of waiting till that's my right. very last race in college. And I thought, yeah, that's funny, but that's how it happens. <laughs> that's, that's when our happens, you know, awareness really right. kicks in. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that was it. I had nothing to lose. I had no um, agenda. All I wanted to do was beat my personal best. So I went onto the track with just in a different mindset, really. And it was really a profound experience that I can recall to this day. And so what I believe happens when we're able to step beyond doubt, beyond fear, beyond agendas, beyond have-tos and shoulds, we actually just fall back into a very natural state of strength and clarity and confidence that we all have. Yeah, and I think, too, that we, we set these limits on ourselves. We are so limitless. If we realized it, we would astound ourselves with what we are capable of. But people limit themselves based on the beliefs that we've been brought up with because children, they don't have these limits. They're constantly living on the verge. They're constantly in a state of awareness and doing what they need. You know, they're coloring. They're really intent on coloring. They're not thinking about what's mom making for lunch. They don't care, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. They're, they're right in the moment. We have a lot to learn from them. And, you know, as I read your book and the stories that you told, like that uh, the, when you hit the rock in New Hampshire and you were climbing up the side of mm-hmm. the sheer, I, I'm like, you know what, I, I, I applaud you because I fear death. So I'm thinking, no, I, I don't want to die. I'm just not going to do some of these things. You know, I just, I'm not going to. But when you said you have nothing to lose, I think that's what it is. That's a big part of it. When you realize I have nothing to lose and I can do this, it's the trust, the trust that you mm. have in yourself and your awareness. Don't you agree? Oh, I, I agree with you 100%. That is, that's it right there. When we start to experience ourselves in presence and so this is a big part of the book is and it's actually what Mm -hmm. the verge means is this moment and so what I point to in the book and in my teachings is start to notice when you are aware start to notice when you are present throughout the day start to notice those moments when you're lit up when you feel alive when you smell when you taste when you touch when you feel when everything's vivid because it's happening already when we start to notice that when we start to notice it throughout the day, we start to trust that that is real. Like that's reality. That sunset and how that sunset made me feel, that was the real deal. You know, when I eat that pizza, I close my eyes and I just, I smell the taste. That was real stuff. So what I'm pointing to is let's stop beating ourselves up for thinking so much. Let's stop beating ourselves up for not being able to sit down and meditate for an hour a day. Let's start to check out and notice the times during the day when we are awake. And let's start from there. Just a different perspective. It's also, you know, when uh, when I'm teaching meditation and people will say, well, I can't do it. Okay, first of all, everybody can do it because it's not something that you actually do. It's what you be. And mm-hmm. the awareness factor, when you realize I was thinking of writing my grocery list, oh, i got to come back now. You know, that's 
you're actually practicing meditation. It's a practice, but you can do it when you're gardening or folding clothes or washing dishes. It's those, and if you start to savor those moments, like you said, savor mm-hmm. that pizza, savor that sunset. Those are the moments that matter. Those are the moments that bring you into that state where your endorphins get going. And then once you experience that on the verge, that excitement, that invigoration, you can conjure it up again. And when you do that, those are the feelings that make things happen. Do you agree with that? Well, yeah, I do. I mean, the moment is every every single moment of our lives mm-hmm. is an opportunity to wake up and show up right here, right now for life, no matter what it is. And it's not always going to be pretty, as we all know. But yep. one of the things in, that, that I believe, and this is what this 30-year journey of mine has really, fine, you know, finally, I'm like, okay, I think... I think I'm kind of understanding this at this point is that the verge, if I can just backtrack a little bit, the verge actually is just a metaphor to describe this present moment, this moment. And it Mm -hmm. came about because my husband uh, 15 years ago or so spent some time in the Amazon. And when he came back, he started telling me about these, going down the river with the indigenous communities and they would often stop at these junctures on the river where two tributaries met this little spot of land where wildlife and animal life thrive, where species are at their most diverse. There is something happen where these ecosystems collide, where they converge that is making life thrive and it's called the verge. And so when I heard that, I was like, that's it. I want to know where there's a verge in my life. I want to know if I can stand on it and how I would feel there. And so my search continued. Where is there a verge? Where does nature thrive near me? Until, you know, ding dong one day, you know, I realized this moment is the verge. I shine mm-hmm. right now. And that's it. Yep. And that's beautiful. You know, it's just getting that awareness because it's difficult. You know, we let our... Uh, as you put in the book, your, uh, you know, your busy mind or your sloppy brain. Mm-hmm. I liked that. Oh, you, mm-hmm. that gets in the way all the time because we become so analytical and we're logical and we have to do things instead of realizing it's easier just to kind of let it go and realize, okay, this has to happen. So I'm just going to have to continue with my day doing what I need to do and being at peace with it. I think that's an important part as well. Being at peace with mm-hmm. what's going on, good, bad, or indifferent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yes, I mean, I can only live this moment. So if I'm, right. I'm, if I'm talking to you right now and I'm thinking about, you know, the class I'm teaching in an hour or, or what I did this afternoon, I'm missing my life. I'm missing this opportunity to connect with you, to connect with everyone listening, and to really show up and shine right now. So I know at this point, and I think athletes know this and artists know this, mm-hmm. we do our best work. We connect more deeply, we're most creative, we're most compassionate when we're just here. That's it. With whatever, like you said, whatever's arising. And don't you find that when you are at peace in that place where things are, you kind of let go and you are on the verge of everything, you know, you realize there's something bigger going on here, but I can't. There, I can't force it. I just have to wait and allow it to happen. Don't you find that th- things happen and manifest much more quickly in your life than they do when you start the resistance and the forcing of things because that's really pushing things away? Do you find that to be true for yourself? Oh, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, I have a bird strategy in the book called Let It Go, Let It Be. Well, we yep. can continue to let things go, let them be, let it go, let it be. It doesn't mean to be a doormat. It doesn't mean you're going to like everybody or everything. But it means, like what you said, not resisting tea. And I call it forcing, fixing, and fleeing. It's what we do a lot. We force things yep. or we try and fix things or we just run away. And that's not going to yep. help either. No, it's not. And you can't really, I say this and I don't like that word, but you, you have to learn to not be bothered by what anybody else thinks. Because when you are coming from your heart and living your truth, and truth is different to everyone, you know, there really is no wrong because everybody has their own truth. It's just the way it is. This is the puzzle and we're trying to put it together. And mm-hmm. if you're living from your truth, you cannot really worry about what other people are doing. And yet as women, they always worry about, well, you know, I have to keep everybody happy and I can't, I, I, I have to do things for others. And that's not living in the moment. That's not living for you. You can live for you and do for others, but you have to put you first. And I believe that wholeheartedly to put yourself first so that you can be part of the bigger picture with your family, your children, your husband, your coworkers, whatever it is. Do you find that to be the same? Oh yeah, for sure. In fact, I have a I talk about this another virtue strategy called be kind, and it's the practice of making friends with ourselves. Now, I came to this practice kicking and screaming, so I'm going to tell you I'm like the poster child for it because <laughs> I am type A. You know, I'm a doer, I'm a goer, I'm a beer. I, I am constantly moving, moving, shaking. So for me to pause and, and be patient with myself is something that was very, mm-hmm. very foreign to me. <laughs> but I will tell you, it changed my life. When I could put my hand on my heart and say, you know what, it's okay. You tried your hardest right now. You know what, you didn't say the right thing. You're kind of screwed up, but it's okay. So just make things right and let's move on. When we can start to be friends with ourselves, and I just put my hand on my heart sometimes, or I call myself my nickname, Mimi. It's okay, Mimi. It's all right. It's all right. Come on. Um, it, it changes. It opens us up. It makes us available to life. And like you said before, it opens up the possibilities for us to just manifest and and connect in ways we can't even imagine. And it is, like you said, you put your hand on your heart. I do that a lot, too, because it's like, okay, this is calming. It calms you down. Well, the magnetic field build of your heart is, you know, a hundred times larger than that of the brain. So it is going to calm you down and you, mm-hmm. you are connecting, you're connecting with your own true self. And when you do that, then you really feel and know, look, am I doing the right thing? Yeah, I am. I didn't do anything wrong. I, if this is all good, it's all the way it's supposed to be. And I know I'm in the right here without mm-hmm. judging anyone else or comparing with anybody else and just moving forward in your own direction and not taking in. It's nice to get opinions. It's nice to get d- advice. It's nice to challenge people and listen to all of that but it's also nice to make your own decision and know that you're coming from whatever with from your heart to whatever the situation hello or circumstances are and that's so important and people don't do it but when you do and I laughed when you said 
and in my work, when I'm doing, you know, I don't know where type AT goes. She disappears when I'm working on people, but in comes the meditative person who's taken over and, and doing the energy work. And I'm sure it's the same mm. with you when you get into yoga, because yoga does mm. that for me. This is why I go to yoga three or four times a week. It's, it allows you to really become present with yourself. You must see that in your students as like an awakening moment for them, do you not? I do. And this is was one of the real reasons why I wrote my book was because Every single day I see the incredible, limitless potential in us all. I see people walk in busy, constricted, tense, insecure. And I watch over an hour, hour and 15, I watch people move and breathe in rhythm and move their body and open up and shed and release and embrace. And they transform before my eyes. And I see the potential in us all. We don't see our own potential so often, but I do. I see it as a teacher, and it, it's so empowering to know what we can do. And so one of my big take-homes from, from the book and from the way I teach is that there is no better version of you out there. Mm. There really isn't. With, if you show up in this moment in your full capacity, in your full availability, you are going to embrace your natural state of limitless potential. And you'll be able to grab hold of what you need to know in that moment and what you need to say or not say. It's all right here for us right now. And this is just, this is such great news. <laughs> It is. And I think you, through yoga practice, you do learn to be more compassionate and kind to yourself because we do need to cut ourselves some slack. You know, no one is perfect. No one can be perfect all the time or at everything. So it is about patience and kindness toward our own selves that makes the living on the verge a possible constant. Agreed? Right, yeah. I mean, we can't show up unless we're kind to ourselves. We can't be present fully. We can't truly be present fully unless we're willing to send ourselves some love and, some, and, and allow ourselves to be genuine and tender in the moment. So, yes, the kindness, the patience, the, 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 the internal coach is so necessary. And, you know, one of the big things that comes to mind when I was reading your book about being in the present moment, I thought, how often do you go anywhere and you see people on their, you know, they're texting constantly. They're on their little magic phones, texting everybody and everything. Nobody's in the present moment except being in the present, texting what they're doing, you know, and they're not paying attention, even crossing a street. You can get killed in New York City crossing a street when you're texting and going. And I've walked by people and said, better watch out. And they just, you know, look at me like, what? (laughs) You know, it's... Take a break from the the technology, and that's great when people go to yoga classes. I'm seeing a huge increase in who attends and how many attend, and it's Mm. become a much larger number over the years, and they have to leave their phones outside, and they love it because they're not used to it. This is new. (laughs) Yeah, well. (laughs) But now we have the Some love it or some leave the phones outside. (laughs) (laughs) You know who it is when the phone goes off and they're looking around, you know? <laughs> but, but, you know, here's, here's the thing. We, we are conditioned to be busy. We're conditioned from our society, from our experiences, to have this busy mind. We all have it. It's a constant 
constant influx of thoughts that we're trying to follow. We try to follow all these thoughts, and so we never actually land in the moment. And that's okay. If we can recognize, okay, I've got a busy mind. Noticing your busy mind is half the battle. It's the practice of mindfulness. Noticing where I am right now. Oh, there I go. I'm distracted. Oops, there I am. I'm at work. I'm in the past. I'm in the future. Noticing is the practice of becoming present. And so if we could start there, that's a great place. Yeah, just raise your awareness level so that each time I had a woman I was dealing with and I said to her, can you do me a favor? And you're talking about how much you are, you spend time at work doing things that might not be work related. What I'd like you to do is figure out how many times during the day, write it down. You take a text message or a phone call or you check Facebook or any of the other social media sites during the work day. Do that for me and let me know. And she came back two weeks later and she says, I spend approximately, get a load of this, two and a half hours a day. Two and a half hours a day. And I said, oh, my God, I would fire you. And she said, you're Mm. kidding. And I said, no, that's a day and a half. I'm paying you for five days and you're giving me three and a half. And then you're wondering why you're not getting overtime. You need to curb this. You are addicted to technology. You need to get off of it. I told her to take yoga. She did start Mm. taking yoga classes and she loved it because she said it does something to me. And I thought, yeah, it it certainly does. (laughs) I mean, I can't stress that enough. It helps to put you on the verge where you need to be. It's a great practice. Mm -hmm. And you get, there's so many benefits from it, as you know, and all the listeners know, of course, too. But it really starts you going. However, a lot of people don't want to do yoga. They don't want to get into the physical part. So as I'm reading your book and I'm seeing the practices and the strategies, and they're all wonderful, what do you feel would be a good starting place for someone to incorporate into their life to, to like start to see benefits now? Mm, that's a great question. And there's so many things that we can do. That's not yoga. Cause I get it. Not everybody wants to you know stand on a two by eight and move their body right. in crazy positions. Mm-hmm. I completely respect that, but there are ways to start. And I think that some of the primer practices that I offer are simple very simple things that we can do every single day to start to recognize what it feels like to be present. When we can get to start to know and feel it in our bodies, ah, this is how my body feels when I'm present. This is how my mind feels. So a couple of them, I'm going to give them to you. Um, One of them is just called Stop, Take Five, Experience. So you stop what you're doing, close your eyes, take five breaths. Just count them out. And then pause and notice your experience. What do my feet feel like? What am I smelling? What do I hear? What am I seeing? How does my heart feel? What's my breath doing? Starting to tune in to what's happening right now. Because our body is always present, as you know very well as an energy worker. Body is always here. It can't be anywhere else. So if we can start to tune in to what our body is doing we'll start to understand what's happening in the present moment more often. And so one other real quick one um, that I love is called sky gazing. And sky gazing is an ancient practice. And anywhere that you are, you can be in the city, you can be at home, you can be in the car. If you can catch a piece of sky and just focus on it, you know, maybe you're just watching the clouds go by or maybe you're watching, you know, you see the sunset, whatever it is, it's, allows for a sense of expansiveness. 
So it can help you go from a constricted stress state in your mind to a more open, relaxed state just by watching the sky for a few minutes, you know, best be like, you know, on your back at night would be perfect, but whatever, you know. So these are things that Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I think I think even companies are having wellness people within their companies in the HR department start to bring in tools and using them. And I look at this book and I think this is a great book for a company to have because people sit mm. at their computer too much all day. They don't take a break. You should be getting up at least once an hour and walking around your office, walk down the hall, go get a glass of water, do something that's good for you. Go outside, just stare out a window, watch the trees, the leaves blowing, mm. s- smell the fragrance. It's summer. We only get it for six, you know, spring and summer for six mm-hmm. months, and then you get fall and winter. And each has its own beauty to it, but experience it, enjoy it, take it in. We're not here for a long time. Even if you get a hundred years, that's not a, that's that's a snapshot, you know. So take in as much as you can. When I was reading your book, I thought this is great. I deal with a lot of wellness people and companies, and I thought mm-hmm. these are tools. As you said, these are simple. You know, pick one and start with it and, and go from there. They're not difficult to do. And, and again, as you said in your book, you're not trying to tell people, add this to your calendar, let me take more of your time. That's not it right. at all. Not right. at all. If you do a couple of these things, you will find you actually have more time. Well, we are. We're, when we're present, we're more efficient, we're more effective, mm-hmm. we do everything better, we cut to the chase, right? We tell the truth. You know, we just uncomplicate our lives. If we can just show up and be available for this moment, we know instinctively we've got this brilliant intelligence, this life force moving through us that is always informing us, do this, don't do this, go here, don't go there. We know already it's just that the busyness in our mind mutes our ability to access that information. And this is like, this isn't, you know, this isn't made-up stuff. I mean, this is science. We know that when mm-hmm. our minds are calm and clear, we, our, our instincts are, are sharper. I mean, we just know it. Yeah. And we've known it for years. I mean, think about it, the expression, go with your gut. That's not new. That's been around for, mm-hmm. you know, eons, <laughs> you know. And right. Always go with your gut. Go with your gut, but you have to feel into it because you get distracted by your own mind questioning your own gut. And you need to not question that. You need to be in stillness in order to discern. Once you discern, oh, okay, now I get it. There's a difference right there. And once you can do that, you can follow your heart, which is always going to lead you in the right direction. One of the words Mm -hmm. you use in your book, I love it, is shine. You know, this little heart Mm -hmm. of mine, I'm going to let it shine. (laughs) You use it frequently and you talk about it. And, you know, it's part of the title, Wake Up, Show Up, and Shine. So go ahead Mm -hmm. and tell us what you mean by that and how, how people can shine. Mm, I love it. Thank you so much. You know, it's so funny. I have two, uh, my daughters are in their early 20s. And when they found out that I was using shine in my uh, subtitle, they're like, really, mom? (laughs) I was like, yes, I am doing it. They didn't like it, why? (laughs) Well, you know, they thought it might have been a little corny. But the thing is... You know, the word potential is so overused in our society. We've heard, we've, we're hearing stuff every, everywhere, social media, about all this stuff we can do. I feel like shine is such a simple, simple way to express how to be fully me right now. Yeah. Because I have incredible capacity. So shining 
if I'm present for making dinner, shining could mean making a really nice dinner. Shining could mean listening to a friend, really listening, who's in, who, who needs, uh, you know, to, to cut some airtime. Shining could mean, you know, nail, uh, getting the sale. It could be nailing the speech. It could be walking in the park and absorbing the beauty around you. So whatever we do when we're present, we have the opportunity to shine, to show up fully and do whatever it is that we're called to do in that moment the best to our ability. And I love that because other words, when they're overused, you don't even know the definition anymore. You just, mm-hmm. you, you, scan, you skim it. People don't read, they skim. And they do it verbally. When someone says something, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, heard that before. And it's dismissed. It's totally dismissed. So when I got your book and it says, on the verge, wake up, show up, and shine, I thought, oh, and shine. I mean, that's how I, you know, I thought, yeah, everybody's got to shine. That's what you have to do. You know, you have to polish up your little heart and go out there and show it to the world and give your gift to the world. We mm. all have gifts. And we don't just have one. We have many, so we need to open up as many as possible before we jump off the planet and see which ones we want to present to the world. And that's mm-hmm. how you shine. You just pick it up and say, look, see, look what I got, you know, and share it. It's sharing. I, I, really, yeah. I really liked that word, and I wanted to hear, and I'm so glad you talked about your daughters and how they thought it might be a little corny because, <laughs> I, you know, it, it's, it isn't, it isn't. And to me it was, like, really good because you could have said, you know, wake up, show up, and, and, and be present. Well, everybody uses that. Okay, what does be present mean? We've all heard it. Mm-hmm. And nobody takes it in. It's not absorbed. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. I do. I'm with you 100%. I'm a worst. <laughs> I love words. I, how do words land with us? And so here's, here's the thing. You know, we keep missing moments of our lives. Like, I recognize that. You know, my daughters are now tw- in their 20s. One just graduated college. I'm like, holy, holy cow. You know, we, our lives are speeding by, and we keep missing moments, precious moments. I don't want to miss moments in my life. And so I, do, right. I practice living. I practice showing up so that that muscle gets strong, so that I miss less moments of my life, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely it does, because – you know, you, it is a practice. It's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You have to practice this in order to successfully do it and be good with yourself. Otherwise, you're existing, not living. If you're just yeah. going through life and going through the motions, you're existing. You are not living. When you're in the moment and, you know, you're in that Zen space where you're doing something, I don't care if it's, you know, you could be riding on the back of a motorcycle or you're gardening or maybe you're someone who loves to cook or you want to go for a walk or you're, uh, you run track and time goes by and you look up and realize, wow, four hours went by. Mm-hmm. that's when you are in the present moment and enjoying yourself mm-hmm. and living your moments. And other people might say, well, that was a waste of time. No, it was not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was not because that's, you were fulfilling a purpose within yourself. That's right. That's right. It's that it's a child in the coloring book. I mean, why are we mm-hmm. here anyway? To not, you know, why are we here anyway? Just to produce and to, and to do and do and do and do more and to cross things off lists, right? Aren't we here to experience life, to experience what it means to be human in this body at this time, you know, it, that, it means so many things. Every moment is this opportunity to step onto that verge, to step into it fully, and to embrace your life, no matter what 
because it's not always going to look pretty, but it will always be an opportunity to be alive. Yes, it is. And I think, did you see the movie The Bucket List with Morgan Freeman and Jack Nicholson? Okay. I found that movie to be profound. And I found it, I was watching it and I was knitting. And then they got to this one part and I stopped knitting and I realized, well, this is a profound movie. And I said that to my husband. He said, profound. And I said, yes, because Jack Nicholson and uh, Morgan Freeman were on top of a mountain. And Morgan Freeman said to Jack, and I don't know the character's name, so I have to use their actor's name. Well, said to Jack Nicholson, you only have to worry about two things when you meet your maker. Did you bring joy to others, and did you find joy for yourself? And I thought, oh, my God, that's the whole thing. Because if you bring joy to others, you automatically get joy. And if you give joy, you automatically receive joy. So mm. it is, it's, a, it's a vicious circle that's a beautiful vicious mm. circle. You know what I mean? And it just made so much sense to me. So if you're coming from that space of always providing joy, you're going to find joy. You don't even have to look for it. And then you're doing and living in the moment and, and taking full advantage of all the moments that you have been allotted in your lifetime. Mm, and so well said. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and that's it. And the, and the great news is when we're present, we help other people become present too. It's when our yeah. energy is 100% here, other people, they, 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 they feel it. They sense it. I always say after yoga class, go out there and go share the state with others. Go tap, tap everybody you meet today with this sense of aliveness of clarity and vitality. We thrive off of each other. We're energetic beings. So, you know, it's not selfish for you to spend time cultivating practices because everything you do for yourself, you're going to bring out and you're going to automatically share it with other people anyway. That's right. And it's unfortunate that we were not brought up that way, that most people are mm-hmm. brought up to you can't do things for yourself because then it's, it's, uh, it, it's being selfish. It's a form of selfishness, and you need to do for others. We need to be in service. Well, you know what? You can be in service by being in service to yourself and paying it forward. Because if you pay it forward, then you're automatically doing what you love for you and giving it to others. It's really a simple formula, and yet we try to, you know, we try to make everything so difficult. But it's really, you know, keep it simple, stupid. You know, it's just keep yeah. it simple. It's really easy, yeah. right? Am I right? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I say it all the time. Don't be fooled by the simplicity of this. Don't right. be fooled by the simplicity of being present. And what it may feel like. Don't be fooled. Don't think it's like this magical state. It's a very ordinary state where you're clear, awake, and you feel this this aliveness. It may not always be positive, but it's right here. So we just continue to step over it. Like we said, we we make our we make things complicated, and we miss. We continuously miss the moment that we're in because we're looking forward to be something else. Yes. And, you know, the expectations are high because of what we see in social media, on TV. It wasn't that way before, but it is now because there is so much out there that, like Facebook, it's fake book. It's not Facebook, people. It's fake book. People are putting things on there, and they're not telling the hard part. They're only saying, you know, look at me, look at my kids, look at my pet, look at what my dog does. Okay, it's fake book. It it really is. So if you want to be true to yourself and what it does, Facebook or fake book, however you want to interpret it, that 
seems to me to be like high school. It's high school crap. Mm. It really is. Mm. The drama that comes out of Facebook is beyond all reality. I mean, this is the worst reality thing on the Internet. I, I think, wow, I cannot believe what people do. And mm. the only reason why I have a Facebook page for my children's nonprofit is because I was told I needed to have a presence. But I have to be honest with you. I do not go on it. I know that there are things posted on it. I want no part of it. It takes too, up too much time. And you're really not in the present moment when you're sitting there trying mm. to do the one-upmanship. So, mm. you know, I look at all that, the drama, the drama mm. versus focus. Drama versus yeah. focus. Which would you rather have? That's right. I mean, that's one, one of my favorite lines is drama drains. Drama drains yeah. focus fuel. So how often do you, do you get off social media and you feel drained? You know, often yeah. sticky and just like, oh my God, why did I just do that? <laughs> I'm with you 100%. I'm, you know, I'm also on it. Yeah. I, I mean, I, you know, yeah. I also wonder, you know, 20, 30, maybe 50 years from now, when we look back, I wonder, you know, I wonder what we're going to say. Like, what were we thinking? <laughs> right. Yeah, probably. You know, what was going on with that? That was such a, it was, they'll probably refer to it as a foolish time, a waste of time, mm. you know, uh, wasted time. And mm. it, it really is when you think about all of the, uh, the other stuff you can be doing, you know, the other experiences mm. you can be having instead of sheltering yourself in a room with a, with a, with Wi-Fi in a, in a PC, you're not connecting. Mm. Children are not connecting with one another. I don't know why it's called social media. No one is socializing. There is no mm. human connection. It's a different type of social stuff. And I'm thinking, this is not healthy. We have children who are mm. not healthy, and tests have been done in showing that children don't test well because they're spending too much time on all of this stuff, and yet it's a good babysitter, just like TV mm. sets were a good babysitter. You know, it's, it's mm. as simple as that. Um, uh, you know, I one of the things that you wrote in your book, and I know we need to let you go a little bit early, so I wanted to make sure that I that I said this. You wrote in your mm. book, um, and I'm going to read it. <laughs> okay, excellent. And my office go, oh no, what did I do? <laughs> What's mm. she going to say? It's you know, it's it really sums up everything in your book because I think. With your book, the processes are so easy that, I mean, you can't not do them. It's so simple to get the concept. It's very well written that way, that you actually put out this concept that I read a book a week. And this really states it in a way that anyone can understand it and want to move forward and do this and really attain what it is you're putting out there as an offering and saying, you know, if you try this, it might work for you. I think it would work for everyone. But one of the things that you wrote that really summed it up for me was trust that you can be open and available to life under any circumstances and you discover that you are living on the verge. Mm. It is about trust. Mm. It's about trusting and being open and available in any situation. That's when you're on the verge. That's when it's happening. That's when you're experiencing life and not just existing. And I loved that mm. very short sentence. You know, it's not long. It's on page 73 if anybody wants to look it up. And it's in the little circle. <laughs> um, mm. it, I, it just hit me when I read that. I thought, wow, that is really a beautiful way to put this. It sums up what you're trying to get across. You know, and I, I like I like the words that you used and the way that you put them together because it's not academic and it's not so far out there that people don't get it. It's very mm -hmm. elementary, but the stories and the way that you wrote it, I think you nailed it. 
Oh, thank you. That means so much. I truly, truly thank you for that. Ah, oh, yes. Well, I I live this. You know, I breathe it every day, and I just want to support others in recognizing how simple it is for us. It's a, it's a matter of opening up our fist. It's a matter of just opening up our hand and allowing ourselves to experience the brilliance that we already are, who we already are right now is so magnificent, is so smart, is so open, is so bright that it would blow our minds. I mean, literally blow our Mm -hmm. minds. We just have to shift beyond all the busyness and start to experience those moments that are already happening already. And so that's really the key is just start to notice those moments during your day when you feel awake and alive, when you feel like you're here, I just landed in the moment, and it could be gone, and that's okay. Start to notice what you're doing because that's going to be some really good clues as to how you want to lean in. You want to lean into those areas that help you be present, like knitting or gardening or walking or swimming or, or coding. It could be, you know, it doesn't matter what it is, like you said. Yeah, yeah it, you know, we already are everything we're trying to be. You just have to be aware of it and see it. And really, the more you do it, the more aware you become of that, uh, you know, and, and you'll get better at it, you know, because it is a practice. You get better at it and, and you see more and you realize more and you experience more and you're happier and the endorphins grow and you're healthier. You know, your endorphins just kick in and the cortisol yeah. levels just decrease so you know it really is i i absolutely love your book kara i think that you really did neil i wish you were close i'd like to go to your yoga class but you're in philly oh. or somewhere near there you know i'm like oh yeah. that's a bummer um you know but before we go as i said i know that you needed to get off air early i want to make sure yeah, that good. you tell us how they can learn more about you and where they may purchase your book on the verge wake up show up and shine Yes. Shine, shine. Well, the book's available all over the place, all the regular places. I have an Audible. I saw that you heard that you were um, sponsored by Audible. I have an audio book that I read, and that's on Audible. Now, the great news is I have a free app called On the Verge, and it has all the practices, uh, video, audio practices that I talk about in the book for free for iPhone and coming very soon for Android. So that is a great resource. And my website's carabradley.net, and that's Kara with a C, .net, not com. And I've got loads of free stuff. I'm just giving it away. I just want, I just want to share that stuff with the world. <laughs> just giving it away. <laughs> and you know what, though? When you do that, you get it back tenfold. And people don't understand that either. They're like, you can't give everything away. No, you can't. You have to make a living. But stuff like this, you can give away, and it will come back tenfold because you're doing it from your heart. And I applaud yeah. you, and I... I Wish you every, every success with all of your endeavors. I loved, loved, loved your book. Um, I enjoyed my pedicure too, but I loved your book. <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't completely present during the whole thing. It was really neat to be able to have it with me and read it because, you know, I do try to multitask as we all do and, uh, you know, get things done. But it was a pleasure having you on. I am so grateful for your time. I know it's precious. Everyone's is. And I know you need to, to go. And I, uh, I just so very much appreciate you taking the time to be here. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, T. Great. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. You are welcome. Bye-bye. 
So listeners, we need you to spread the word. You know, we know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so that we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, purposefully, and completely in awareness. And this book, On the Verge, Kara Bradley, I can't stress this enough. There, there is so much good stuff in it. If you can at all, go on Amazon or go to your local book person and, and, and order this book. It will really help you because it takes you to a place that you didn't think you could get to, that you, that you strive to be where you want to be, a desire. And it starts to bring it out in you. And I, I think that if you read it, you will enjoy it, and there will be things that come to you that you just couldn't have fathomed before. So please go and do that. Check it out. And while you're at it, you know, because you listen to the show, please share the show with everybody that you know so that they can grow and make the world a better place as well. Uh, it's a, it's a wonderful tool, and I, I am grateful that she was on air, and I'm sorry the show was cut a little bit short. She did have um, another engagement, so we did have to, to end the conversation there, but I appreciate you staying online and listening to what I have to say about the book you know, further so that you can get a better grasp of it and know that you can go to your booksellers or go to her site, carabradley.net, C-A-R-A-B-R-A-D-L-E-Y.net. It really is there's a plethora of information on there. She's got so much stuff. You'll gain information just from that. You'll gain knowledge just from that. You'll get wisdom just from that. So check it out. Do that. You've all got gadgets to do it on, so go ahead and do that. And, you know, thank you for listening. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I, I am grateful for all of my listeners. I hope you'll be back next week for another great show. Uh, for more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. And also visit my other website. I have a nonprofit for children. Children are hungry. The insufficiency food rate is astounding, one in six in this country. And we need to do something about that. If you buy a Starbucks or a Dunkin' Donut once a day, if you're doing that, there's a child that's not getting a meal. And the federal government seems to believe that a meal average cost is $2.79. I don't know about others of you, but I can't remember the last time that I paid for a meal that was only $2.79. So, you know, uh, think about that and uh, go to my website, Soji Huggles, S-O-J-I-H-U-G-G-L-E-S.org and check it out. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. Bye.
It's not a hand. 